Amen. Thank you for singing, guys. I appreciate that. Let me um, also uh, appreciate the choir today, too, as well. It's just good to have all of you here. I want to um, just remind you of one thing, too, at the very end. Uh, a lot of you signed up last week to work with our, uh, um, our, our Christmas child. Thing. We, need, we still need some help for the 20th. Uh, we need a couple people there, so they'll be down the front signing some folks up after the service is over with today. Matthew chapter 14 we're going to look at verses 22 through 33. I'm going to finish this up today. Last week we started this. And the question is, will you get out of your boat? Will you get out of your boat? Will you recognize what your boat is and will you get out of your boat? Will you do that and follow Christ as we should? Let me read uh, Matthew 14. It simply says, it says, um, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And he cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when he climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Now, the question here is, what is your boat? Last week, I gave you an analogy of kind of what your boat is. And I think the one that kind of defines it most of all is simply this. It is a seemingly safe, secure, stable, comfortable, familiar situation. Let's read that again. A seemingly safe, secure, stable, comfortable, familiar situation. We talked about last week that a boat could be a, a church ministry it could be your family. It could be a town. It could be a routine. It could be our preferences. It could be a thousand different things that we do that keeps us from doing what God wants us to do. So the question here is this. If the church here is going to go forward, we have to be willing to acknowledge that every one of us has a boat, and we have to be willing to get outside of that boat to follow Christ. So what I want to do is real quickly just review a couple of things that we went through last week. When we look at what happened with Peter, first and foremost, the first thing we see is that Peter was safe and secure in life. Would y'all go ahead and start bringing that up, guys, for me, okay? Yeah, Peter was safe and secure in life, but he was spiritually confined by the boat. Remember what I said last week, as long as you always do what you've always done, you'll always be what you've always been or less. Peter was confined by the spiritual boat he had put himself in. That's where he was. And so we first and foremost need to understand that life is not about being safe and secure. It's not about being comfortable. It's not about being complacent. It's not about being any of those kind of things. Life is much more about being on mission with Christ. Number two, Peter desired a greater life that both pleased God and freed up his deepest inner desires to make a difference in the lives of others. He wanted to change the world. So number one, Peter was safe and secure in life, but he was confined by the boat. But Peter realized he wanted to make a difference because, like I told you last week, my greatest, my greatest fear, 
My greatest fear of all is to die one day having never lived. Guys, a lot of us, I see this. I've been in ministry 35 years. I've probably done a thousand funerals or more. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's amazing to me when I talk to people at the end of their life and have any of them tell me, man, I wish I had done this. I knew I was supposed to do that. I wish I would have stepped out and done this. Oh, man, I never got to experience that. I never did that. Why? Because we want to be safe and secure in our boat. And God is calling us to go forward, to do things outside of who we are. Because, listen to me, think about this. The greatest things you will ever achieve are the things you generally have to pay the greatest price for. It's the truth. The greatest things you ever achieve is when you work the hardest and God rewards that hard work by what you do. Number three, ultimately Peter was compelled by Christ to join him as a water walker regardless of the risk or the price. I love what Henry Blackaby says here. He says, I'm convinced that the great tragedy is not the sins we... I mean, Erwin McMain is here. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Uh, Henry Blackaby says, you cannot continue in life as usual and stay where you are and go with God at the same time. Erwin McManus, I quoted him last week, he said, I'm convinced that the greatest tragedy is not the sins we commit, but the life that we fail to live. You cannot follow God in neutral. God created us to do something great for him. So what I want to do is just finish this up today, giving us three other simple points. Number four, here it is. Peter finally took the plunge. Even though everyone else remained in the boat and probably thought he was crazy or maybe a show-off, Either way, although briefly, he remains the only other person other than Christ in all of history who walked on water. It would never have happened if he would have stayed in the boat. Come on, let's be honest with you. How many of us love comfort? Come on, we do, don't we? We love comfort. We love our religion. We love to create, make Christianity into a religion that makes us comfortable. It kind of appeases things in our life, but we're not challenged to get outside of ourselves. I mean, I'm going to show you just a couple things with Peter here. First of all, look what Peter said. Bring up the next one. Look what Peter said. He said, command me to come. Command me to come is what he said. In other words, give me permission to do what I've always longed to do. Just say the word, Jesus. I want to be a water walker. Why? Because water walkers are people who listen to God. They know their hearts and are willing to respond in faith when God calls. Let me say this to you. I think all of you in this building, God is calling you out. I think God is saying to all of us, there's something greater that he wants you to do. It's not religion. It's not holding on to what makes us comfortable. It's not holding on to certain styles and things of that nature. Look at me. God wants to take our lives and do something amazing with our lives if we'll let him do that. God did not create us to work a job. God created us to live out a calling. Well, you, you mentioned uh, uh, the, the post that you saw this week from one of my students. I had a student Friday who took this challenge. We talked about what it means to say yes to God. Remember about a month ago, I talked to you about what it means to say yes to God. And we had a student who took this challenge. He was Muslim. And he committed his life to Christ. And he found out his mom and his dad were coming to visit him last week. So you know what he did? He had us baptize him last week so that he could let his mom and dad know that he committed his life fully to Christ. You know what his dad did? He disowned him. We brought him in front of our class on Friday. 400 students gathered around and prayed over him. And he said to the class, he said, I know it's hard and I know it's difficult. He said, I'm hoping 
that through all of this, eventually I can reach my mom and dad for Christ. But until then, you know, I realize it's going to be difficult. Listen, you talk about stepping out of a boat. He's stepping hugely out of a boat. I had a girl last year whose family disowned her because she was from Vietnam and her family worshipped their ancestors. And she said, I know that when the moment I come to Christ, that my family will have nothing more to do with me. Why don't you look around for a moment? Guys, one thing about this church, it's about family, isn't it? Look at all the kids we have back there playing today, right? You have your grandkids and your kids here in this church. You look around this. There's, this is fairly comfortable, isn't it? Nobody's coming in and saying to you, we're going to disown you. Nobody's telling us that they're going to come in and persecute us heavily because we're sitting here today and reading the Bible. Nobody's going to storm in that back door and say, put your Bibles away. You're all going to jail for this. But there are places all over the world today where people are dying for that very same thing. And you know what we've done in America? We've puked away, if you'll allow me to say that, our very birthright of who we are supposed to be in Christ. You know what we've done it on? We've done it on the altar of what it means to be comfortable and complacent. We've done it on the altar of religion. We think Christianity is about showing up, sitting in a building for an hour a week. I literally had a friend of mine who said a guy walked out of church the other day. He was five minutes over, five after 12, and a guy walks out of church. He says, Pastor... He says, today you went over into my time. Really? That's when I'm moving out of the way and just letting the lightning bolt hit. You know what I mean? But come on, some of us are the same way. I want to challenge you to get outside of your boat. Because I believe deep down in your heart, you want to be a water walker. And I'm going to say this to the men who are here. Because you know what the statistics show? The statistics show that when you look at the hardest places in the world to take the gospel, for every one man, ten women go. I didn't make that up. That's the International Mission Board study. Ten women to every man. Look at your ladies next to you and say, you know what, we're, we're not the strongest sex you are. Because obviously they have more spiritual testosterone than we do. You know why? Because we've sat back for years and we've allowed religion, religion to rule today rather than getting out of our boat and following Christ. Guys, I'm telling you, until you step out of your boat, you'll never understand what it means to walk on the water. You'll never understand what it means to really trust Christ. We'll never understand as a church what God could really do by a people who are willing to give themselves up completely to the desires of a God who desperately wants to use them. Bring the next one up. Bring it up. Look at number five. In the end, Peter proved to be human, and he messed up by taking his eyes off of Christ. I wonder how many of us have ever messed up by taking our eyes off Christ. Yeah, he did. But in the brief experience radically changed his life. Think about this. If you're ha unhappy, unfulfilled, lonely, angry, frustrated, envious, spiritually constipated, could the reason be that you're still sitting in your boat? Could the reason why life's not flourishing spiritually is because we've allowed our boat to be a comfort zone 
Guys, that's why I keep saying to churches when I'm interim, you know, I hear churches all the time say, well, we're, we're really a healthy church. Our budget's doing this and we're doing that. How many people have you baptized? We haven't baptized anybody. Well, then you're not healthy then. It's not about budgets and buildings and committee meetings. It's about reaching people with the gospel. It's about us stepping outside of our comfort zones and grabbing hold of everything God has for us and letting him take us to a new level. It's about stepping out. Come on, any of you here ever, ever bungee jumped before? Anybody here ever bungee jumped before? Nobody in this building has ever bungee jumped before. You have, you bungee jumped? You remember what it was like when you were about to step out? Because I've done it several times. You remember what it was like when you're about to step out? You're thinking to yourself, this is the dumbest thing in the world, right? Here's a 16-year-old kid who just probably is more distracted by his girlfriend than he is by this. He's tying me in, and I'm jumping off this ledge and taking a really good big rubber band and hoping that it holds me, right? And right before you step out, you just have this sense of feeling of, oh, wow, this is stupid, and I paid them 50 bucks to do this, right? (laughs) But I'm telling you, the moment you let go, there's something in you that just goes, wow. I remember when they strapped me and my, uh, um, my daughter for the first time, they strapped us into this, we were doing, doing a uh, sky coasting, and we were doing it for the first time, it was Kara, and we were sky coasting, going, because I, I, I told my girls, I said, I'm not going to let you sit back. I know some of you would call this child abuse, but, but I'm telling you, I said, you're not going to sit back, you're going to get out of your boat, and you're going to get out early. So my daughter was about eight or nine years old, and, and we were, we were at, at, at Six Flags Over Texas. And they strapped us in, and they started pulling us up. And as they were pulling us up, we were going to sky coast. You had to pull a ripcord to let you go, and it drops you down, and it slings you out like a slingshot. And I'm doing that with my eight, nine-year-old daughter. And they're pulling us up, and the whole way up, she's going, oh, no, Dad, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, Dad, oh, no, oh, no. And it, then it locks you in place, and you shake, and you're 175 feet straight up in the air. And you look down and you go, this is kind of stupid too, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then they go, five, four, three, two, one. And David Carroll's over, I go, no, no, Dad, no, 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 no. And I pull the ripcord and we go down and it catches and we shoot up the other side. And she puts her arms out like this. And before we ever started coming back down, she said, Dad, can we do it again? <laughs> you know, since then, we, we actually... We went on the highest sky coaster in the world. It's in, it's in Orlando, Florida. It's over 300 feet straight up. I did that with my family. My wife is sitting down there. She could have lost her whole family in one fell swoop. That was it. But I'm telling you, when it drops you about 150 feet straight down until it catches, and then it slings you out like this, and you're going up the other side, and you're thinking to yourself, why? You know, I, mean, I tell you why. Because when we approach life so cautiously, spiritually, we miss the greatest blessings. It's the truth. Kara was scared to death going up. But she's done that a half a dozen times since then. I've seen my daughters go all over the world. My oldest daughter, she landed in Myanmar several years ago. When she landed, we found out, just found out, just right at that time found out that they were killing Christians in Myanmar. I mean, they were genocide. They were killing Christians in the streets. I remember getting hold of Dana and saying, Dana, get on the next plane and come home. And she said, Daddy, 
God brought me here. God led me here. God's going to keep me here, or God will take me home to him from here. Either way, I'll see you and mom in two weeks. And everything in me wanted to grab that phone and grab my little baby and pull her back through. And then I realized the way we raised her was, no, if there's one soul in Myanmar that needs Christ, God sent her there for it. I cannot get in the way of what he wants. Guys, we have to get out of our boats. We have to. We have to let go and really trust God. Faith is not, God, show me and I'll go. Faith is, I will go and God, you show me. And we as a church have to do that. We can't sit in our boat. We're comfortable. I mean, I'm not just saying Rocky Mount Baptist. I'm saying the church as a whole, we're, we're way too comfortable. People ask, why do you think the why do, you, do you realize North America is the only continent where Christianity is actually declining? Do you know, you know in the last, one, almost the last 80, 90 years, do you know that in China alone, they've gone from 750,000 Christians, by the way, they killed all 750,000 of those Christians in genocide, through genocide of the 1930s when China started grabbing hold of communism. Do you realize today there's 130 million Christians in China? All of them built upon the shoulders of those 750,000 that gave their lives up for the sake of the gospel. And now the Chinese church is growing way beyond what the government can ever control. The Middle East, we think it's all controlled by Muslims. No, there's huge parts of the Middle East that are much more Christian. Now, I have Jordanian students that have camps. I know of a camp they do in Pakistan every year led by a Liberty student in Pakistan, and they'll have thousands of kids come to Christ every year out of, out of, uh, from the Muslim faith. It's happening all over the world. Why is it not happening here? Because we're comfortable in our boats. We don't want to be challenged. We like our ears tickled. It's the truth. Because we have to get out of our boat. Bring up number six. I love this. Look at it says, with that said, what about you? Bring it up. Be honest with yourself. Have you ever done anything that God was destined to fail without God? Bring the next one up. Have you ever really lived by faith? Come on, just keep going. Have you ever got out of your boat because you fear God more than your friends? Have you ever tried walking on water? Or are you ruled by your, and this is what we Baptists do, by our sensible fears. Dr. Wheeler, that don't make sense. Well, if it made sense, Sometimes, guys, come on, I mean, think about this. Did it make sense for them to march around the walls of Jericho for seven days? Does it make sense to grab hold of 300 men rather than 3,000 men to go to war like that? Does it make sense that a donkey could speak to us? Does it make sense, guys? Of course not, but it makes sense to God. Because until we step out and trust him, or we rule by our sensible fears. Face it, you may be the only example your friends or family will ever see in reference to Christ. It's time to walk. It's time to walk. Bring the next one. So why get out of your boat? I want you to watch this video with me. Just see what it says. Go ahead. Go ahead. And, uh, I'll, well, I'll tell you why I'll do this. Okay, I forgot. I, I should have been. There you go. Good morning. Thank you. 
Charles Blondine, he was one of the greatest tightrope walkers in the history of the world. And one of his greatest feats was walking the, the Niagara Falls on a tightrope, 11,000 feet long, 160 feet above the water. And this he accomplished a number of times and, and always with different theatric variations. Blindfolded, in a stack, <coughs> pushing a wheelbarrow, on stilts, carrying a man on his back, and sitting down one time midway while he made and ate an omelet. And one day after he had pushed a wheelbarrow across the, the Niagara Falls and come back on that tightrope, he asked a question. How many of you believe that I could put a person in this wheelbarrow and push him across the tightrope? And everybody cheered and yelled and screamed and everybody believed. And then he asked for a volunteer. And the crowd grew very, very quiet until one man stepped out of the crowd and got in the wheelbarrow. There's a difference between the crowd and the man in the wheelbarrow in regards to God. Where are you? In the crowd? Saying, oh, I believe there's a God. I believe Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. I believe there's a new world coming. Or are you in the wheelbarrow? You know, it doesn't really make much difference when you're standing on shore. It makes a lot of difference halfway across the tightrope. And in our everyday experiences, in our life, in our choices, in our, our waking up, going through our days, and going back to bed, we can play it safe. We can stay in the boat. We can maintain our comfort zone. Or we can walk on the water with Jesus. But if you want to walk on the water, you've got to get out of the boat. What do you think about? What are you connected to? What's driving you? What's motivating you? What makes you make the choices you make? Who is most important in your life? Not in your words, not out of your mouth, but out of your life. I just want you to think about it for a minute. Have you ever considered what you might do? And think about it and keep that up there, if you will. Have you ever considered what you might do for God if you had unlimited time and money? What you would attempt for God if you knew you could not fail? Regardless of fear, why don't you do it? Guys, when I look across this room, I see amazing blessings. I see people that love each other and care for each other. I see a church that when someone's down, they lift each other up. I see a group of people that have phenomenal potential to change a community. But it's going to require every one of us stepping out of our boat. Think about it. Do you know what I have my class do? I go around my class and I have them, I ask them, what would you do if you had unlimited time and money? What would you do if you could not fail? My class will stand up and they'll start 
challenging, saying, I'll do this, I would do this, I would do this, I would do this, I would do this. Then my question is, why don't you do it? Does God have a limited time? Yes. Does God have unlimited money? Yes. Just as Daniel said at the beginning, do we have Christ in us? Yes. The question is, what are we going to do with it? So be honest, what gutsy steps have you ever taken for God? Ever. 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 God, the future of this church is not going to be determined by who you get in this pulpit. It's going to be determined by what we, as his people, choose to do with our lives in the days to come. It's not about building crowds. It's about surrender. It's about us. Do you know the reason why I think so many of us are down all the time? It's because we've never stepped out of our boat and found what it is that God really wants us to do. It's hard. It's spiritual battle. You know, I've never had a more productive fall school-wise than we've had this fall. Now, Zach may say it's because I got him as my GA, and that may be true. But actually, God's just done more stuff in our classes than ever. The spiritual warfare has been horrible. I can't shake this cold. I can't do anything like that. But I'm going to tell you something. When you start walking on the water, there's going to be times it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But to hear that kid the other day stand up in class and say, you know what? I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. And what bigger comfort zone than you could have than to lose your whole family because you stepped out on your faith like that? Or the girl this last week that had never shared her faith and for the first time shared her faith and led her best friend to Christ. Or the student the other night who came to me before class, one of the most awkward students I have. He said, Dr. Weaver, I don't really know what to do. He said, I'm going to show up tonight and go out, but I'm not sure. And he texted me that night and says, you know what? We got a chance to share the gospel with someone. For the first time in his life, he led someone to Christ. He'd have never done that had he stayed in his boat. Why do we limit God? Come on, we get sick and we, we believe God can heal anything, right? We believe God has all these endless things, but we don't practice our life that way. Why don't we simply get out of our boats and say, God, it doesn't matter my age. It doesn't matter where, who I am. It doesn't matter my education. What matters is you. What can you do through a group of people are willing to be totally surrendered to him, what does that take? When I challenge you that we can do more boxes than we've ever done before, we can if we're willing to step outside of our boat. When I challenge you that we can, we can give more money to Lottie Moon Christmas offering than we ever gave before. Last year, y'all gave $25,000 Lottie Moon Christmas offering. I, t- I told them that I would give at least a week's salary from here towards that and maybe more to it if everybody else would simply join in and say we can do this. But we can if we're willing. We can if we're willing to step out. You know what I learned, guys? I learned when Debbie got out of the hospital and we had a half million dollars in medical bills, there wasn't a thing I could do to pay my bills. I had to trust God. And for four years, we didn't pay our medical bills in the same year. And every year at Christmas, because it happened around Christmas, this month and next month, I'm reminded we lived those four years and never paid a bill in the same year. 
not one medical bill in the same year. And I can go back and show you for those four or five years that we never missed a meal, we never missed a missions offering, we never missed a tithe, we never missed anything. God took care of every need. We had to walk on water because water is all we had. I think the reason why many of us have lost it is because, come on, think about this. When you were young in your marriage and you were totally broke, you just couldn't wait till you got to that place where you had a little bit more. And then when you get older, you realize, man, we had everything we needed, didn't we? Guys, we've been spoiled, but we don't have to be. This generation needs to see us standing up and getting out of our boat. You know why? Because unless we get out of our boat, they're not going to get out of theirs. They need to see that. It's not about comfort and ease. It's about submission, surrender, and God's victory through us. So finally, just ask you a simple question. Bring up the last one, if you will. Will you get out? First of all, first question here, simply this. Nope, ain't going to move. Nothing can say that you can say or do will make me get out of my boat. I didn't come here to get out of my boat today. I came here to check off churches on my list this week, right? How about this one? How about I'm finally out of my boat, but I'm, I'm a little afraid. It scares me a little bit. You know, but I, I need more faith to be a water walker. There, I think there's a lot of us there. How about the final one? How about just saying, I heard the call, and today is, I say to God, I'm willing to get out of my boat and walk on water with him, even if we don't know what that water looks like. Even if we don't know exactly what that means. I'm willing to say, God, help me walk. Help me walk, please, God. I'm telling you right now, church, we have a great and amazing God. We just sang about him. Daniel just read about him. But we treat him like he's limited in power and scope and influence. And he created every bit of that. He's limited in none of that. Do we really trust God that he can do everything he says he can do, yes or no? Yes or no? Then why are we sitting in our boat? Why? Well, when this changes, I'll get out. No. When that changes, you won't get out. Here's what I tell my students all the time. What you're not doing now, you won't do then. I have students all the time say, when I get out of seminary, I'll share my faith. I'll do this because i got more time. No, you won't. What you're not doing now, you won't do then. And I'm telling you right now, if you want to get out of your boat, God will bless it. And he will use us. And I think it's time, Rocky Mount Baptist Church, that we blow up the boat. And we look at the opportunity we have in Christ to reach his community with the gospel, and we trust him. That's all I can say. I can't say anymore. If the Holy Spirit can't grab hold of our hearts, I can't. But guys, I can promise you, if we will let him, he will take us places, do things to us that we could never imagine. But it all starts when we're willing to step and say, there we go. God, you gave me the first step. You, you gave me solid ground. Oh, God, you gave me, you, you've done it. You willing to step out? Some of you don't have faith in Christ. You've never committed yourself fully to him. Some of you have never followed through baptism because you're afraid of stepping up in front of everybody. Some of us have never joined the church because for whatever reason, we just never have. And 
Some of us, God's called us to full-time ministry, and you know what I mean by that, vocational ministry. And maybe you're like I was, a 16-year-old kid running from God, even though I knew that God had called me to ministry. It was finally, I became so miserable, I had to finally say, God, i got to get out of this boat or I'm, this boat's going to blow me up. So I'm asking you today, what is God calling you to be and to do for him? Would you stand with me right now? Let's get ready for our invitation. I'm going to invite you to come today and kneel together. And what God will do through each one of us, if we'll just let him, we have to get out of our boat. I hope you'll say yes to that. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray you'll lead this invitation. I pray, God, your Holy Spirit will just touch each of our lives, Lord. I pray right now, Father, above all things, Lord Jesus, that you will do this in us. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you will just take us and move us in a direction to get out of our boats. Help us to recognize what our boat is and help us to step out of that boat and truly trust you. And God, today I pray you'll move in the life of every person here and draw us to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're gonna sing an invitation song. I'm asking you just to play. We're gonna begin to sing. Won't you sing with Fred? Won't you come this morning? If you've never been baptized, you've never followed through, maybe you've never received Christ your personal Savior, maybe, maybe, just maybe, God's saying today, get out of your comfort zone. And you, regardless of how old or young you are, it's time you make a step forward. I remember when I stepped out as a 19-year-old kid in front of my church, and I told my church, I said, I feel like God's called me to ministry. You know what they thought to me? They looked at me and they said, there's no way God could call you to ministry. God don't call kids like you to ministry. I was in trouble all the time. God called me to ministry. Some of us just need to get out of our boat and take the stand and take the step of what it is he wants us to do. So as a church today, why don't we do that? All right, let's sing, Fred. Only trust him. What a great song. Only trust him. Won't you come right now? Come on, God's calling us out. It's time we take a stand and get out of our boat. Let's go.